Welcome to A Magical World with me, Sterling Moon. I'm a diviner, a medium, a folk magician, an author, and an educator on the mystical and strange with a background in advocacy and activism. Join me as I highlight inspiring people who are making this world a more magical place to be. I'm so glad you're here. And if you like what you hear, please consider supporting the podcast through my Patreon, The Curiosity Coven. You can find out more at patreon.com backslash Sterling Moon. Now, let's dive in. Well, hello, everyone. I am back. I am back in the podcasting saddle once again. And I'm really excited that this first episode of 2024 is just an opportunity for you and me to catch up. I had a few people reach out to me and say, is the podcast still a thing? And then are you okay? And I thought, oh shoot, I should probably, I should probably get my butt back in front of the microphone and check in because things are more than okay. It's, uh, I've been just having a real good time setting things up for 2024. I am pleased to share that I am back in the book writing game again. I was approached by Llewellyn towards the end of last year. They asked if I would be interested in writing a book for their Llewellyn's Little Book series. And I said a thousand times yes. And so I am currently writing Llewellyn's Little Book of Spirit Communication, which will be coming out in October of 2025. It feels so good to be doing that again. And I have been, oh my goodness, I have just been lining things up, fun things, joyous things for 2024. I'm going to share some of that here today, but I also want to say that one of the things that we're going to be getting into in just a moment is a new little thing that I'm bringing in, which is answering listener questions. I decided to ask folks on my social media, my Instagram and threads, if they, you know, if you, if you happen to have a question that you want me to answer on the podcast, go ahead and, and submit it here through this link where you can ask questions anonymously if you want to. And I got some really good ones. So if you are somebody who listens and you submitted a question, I... I'm going to be getting to them. It's going to take me a little bit, but we're, I'm going to start off today with one that just made me giggle. So we'll get to that in just a second. And I will say that if you want to be able to send me a question about magical stuff, spooky stuff, just stuff, there is a link in the show notes for you to go ahead and do that. So let's see, what are the, you know, the, the last two little things I want to share before we get to the listener questions is... One of the things that kept me really busy was before I tell you what it is, let me take you back to October of 2023. I was telling somebody recently that a conversation with me is like reading a recipe blog. You may come here for a cookie recipe, but I will take you back to October of 2023 at the slightest provocation. So at the end of October, 2023, It is the last day of Beyond the Veil, my mediumship and spirit communication, uh, my mediumship and paranormal weekender that I offer for graduates of my Modern Mediums Spirit Communication Training Program. It's the last day of Beyond the Veil. We're all sitting around this long table in this mansion that I rented in Manitou Springs. We'd had a crazy seance the night before. 
And we're all sitting around having coffee the next morning. We're all getting ready, packing up to leave just in a moment. And I said, where do you think that Beyond the Veil should be next year? And a whole bunch of people said, Estes Park, Colorado. Do you think you could get the Stanley Hotel? And I said, y'all... I've heard that the Stanley doesn't really want to have spooky type events. Like they have spooky theme stuff, but I don't know if they'd be down for something like this. And that might be logistically really hard to pull off, but I'll look into it. And lo and behold, between November and January, guess who was able to book the Stanley Hotel for Beyond the Veil 2024? Spoiler, it's me. I'm just, I'm still like pinching myself over this one. So if you are someone who, you know, if you've been listening for a while or you follow me on social media or we're connected in some way, you've probably heard me talk about, you've heard me, you've definitely heard me yammer on about spirit communication and mediumship. And if, um, and you've probably also heard me talk about Beyond the Veil before, because I love this event so much and I'm so excited about this. Um, but yeah, so I'll be sharing a lot more about that. And, you know, they'll pop, there will only be 12 to 15 spots that will be available. Those I'll open registration for modern mediums in like late, mid to late July. So we've got a lot of time before then, but I will say in the meantime, whenever I hold Beyond the Veil, I get really deep into the history and because I want to know as much as I possibly can about the location, about the town or the the land that the, the, the location sits on. And one of the things that is so fun about the Stanley is how well documented it is and also how sincerely haunted the place is. The Stanley's one is interesting, though. You know, there are some common haunts that people see, like, for example, the the builder and the founder of the Stanley, F.O. Stanley himself. There's a big old statue of him holding a violin that's like, you know, out in front of the hotel when you first arrive. So people will often see, though, his wife, Flora. There, people will see this woman kind of in, you know, late 1900s Victorian wear. And, you know, people will say, oh, it looks like Flora, Flora Stanley. And so there's stuff like that. But I also have found that the Stanley in some ways delivers what it is that you are looking for. And I'm just so interested to go back up there. Again, I just went at the in mid-January. I took my husband and my son. It was a ridiculous plan that I was really committed to because we had, um, there was, I don't, for many of us across the United States, we had a major, major cold snap. And in Colorado, it got dangerously cold, but there was not supposed to be snow. And so, you know, I thought, talked to my husband and we were like, eh, you know, we've got a, we've got a safe car. It's going to be cold, but everything is all set up. You know, the kiddo's off of school this one day. Let's just go ahead and, and stick with our plan. So we go up and it's, you know, cold and snowy. And as we're in our hotel room going to sleep, the wind starts howling and a blizzard blows in, which I have always wanted to be up at the Stanley during a snowstorm. The one thing that I should have included in that manifestation was that I never wanted to have to drive home from the Stanley in a snowstorm. So it was pretty wild just being there and, you know, hearing the wind howl and peeking out the windows and seeing just total whiteout blizzard conditions. And, you know, it didn't look too bad when we were heading home, but holy shit, was it scary? We should have stayed another night. But 
I had such good conversations with people who worked there. I had a lovely conversation with a woman who had worked there for a, who has worked there for a very long time. She worked in the gift shop. It was really cute too. The ways that people who spend a lot of time in really haunted locations just kind of normalize some of the things that happen. So we're having this conversation and I'm asking her to like, you know, tell me some stories and asking her for, for some advice about books that I should read and things like that. And she just, you know, she's answering me. We're having a really nice conversation. And then she says, excuse me, I'm going to go turn down the music because it likes to turn up on its own. And she goes and does that and comes back, doesn't miss a beat. But I'm like, it's just such a, it was just really cute. So I walked home, I came home with a, a big old stack of books, a lot more things to like research and a lot of things to share. I actually thought that I was going to share a ton of it today, but I realized that this episode then will end up being an hour and a half and it might turn into me just kind of like love bombing and ranting and raving about the Stanley. So we'll save that for maybe an entire more cohesive Stanley Hotel episode later on because I cannot wait to go back and keep keep learning about the property and communicating with the spirits there. It's going to be so fun. And I will say that if Modern Mediums and Beyond the Veil sound like your cup of tea, there's a link to the um, the wait list. I, I opened, people started inquiring about Beyond the Veil 24 after Beyond the Veil 23. So there's already a wait list that you can sign up for if you would like. The last, there's one last little thing I'm going to share. But before we get to that, I want to talk about this listener question that was submitted. So let me go ahead and pull this up. This one says, hey, Sterling, I recently learned about tyromancy, aka cheese divination that has existed for centuries. That got me thinking, could you share some other lesser known divination practices? And this question was submitted from Luna. So thank you, Luna. Number one, cheese div divination sounds delicious or it sounded delicious until I looked it up, which, you know, I, this is just some half-baked Googling took me to a website called Sevure. I don't know. Like that sounds like if I don't speak French and I think that's supposed to be a French word, but it says the unbelievable history of tyromancy. And as I was looking through this, it looks like you would take a soft cheese. This is back in the day, folks would take a soft cheese. And this is a form of divination that we're going to talk a lot about, like traditional forms of divination. And many of them were often around really practical things in life, particularly who was your spouse going to be. And this one was you take a soft cheese and you would carve the names of your suitors in this cheese. And my understanding is that the first one that molded that was going to be your spouse. So the first name that got moldy, that was going to be the person that you married. And so I loved this question so much. So where I decided to dust off one of my favorite books, which is Trolldom, Spells and Methods of the Norse Folk Magic Tradition, which was written by one of my absolute just a mentor that I would not be doing any of what I'm doing now without the opportunity to study with him for years. It's by Johannes Bjorn Gardbach, which I did an interview with him in, I think, February of 2023. If you haven't listened, definitely go check it out. It's a He's a cool dude, knows a lot of really neat stuff, and he wrote a really freaking cool book. 
So before we get into some of the trolldom and Norse methods of divination and some of the history there, you know, I let's talk about what divination is. Divination is usually trying to look for omens, getting messages from spirits that can tell you about what's either going on behind the surface, uh, getting hidden information, wanting to know about something that's to come. Um, it can be about foretelling the year. It can, and back in the day, it was about really practical things like divination on health problems, divination on crops and the health of animals, farm animals, divination on who am I going to marry, and divination on who's going to die, <laughs> who's going to have a baby and who's going to die. Those were a lot of like, there were, so a lot of the um, the cool spells and, you know, divinatory practices and things like that, that Johannes documented in Trolldom, which goes through just like all of these different Scandinavian, Scandinavian grimoires and black books and things like that. Th those are the types of things that people were, you know, wanting to know back in the day. We definitely have kind of our modern ways of things that we do divination on, right? But we still do divination on our love lives. We do divination on our career. So how we make our money is maybe more prescient than how are our livestock and our crops going to do, but it's really the same damn thing when you get down to it. Divination on our, our emotional health, our mental health, our physical health, that's very similar to divination on physical health that, you know, folks did back in the day. And oftentimes, you know, mental health, people did actually talk about mental health back in the day, but they sometimes looked at it as like spiritual health matters. And that sometimes those spiritual and mental health things were you know, there, there were ways that those were diagnosed too. And so, you know, obviously some of the types of divination that we all know, you can do divination with things like tarot cards or with like systems of divination, runes, tarot cards, people who do bone casting or casting of coins or shells or things like that. There's things and patterns and ways that they fall that people look for. Or sometimes it's really intuitive divination that you look at how they fall. I mean, I do this with tarot all the time. If you've ever had a tarot reading with me, you know that I'll say, these are what the cards mean. And then there's like what I see when I look at it. And so intuition sometimes steps in where the systems, like the systematic, systematic readings fall short. There's things like bibliomancy, which is asking a question and taking a book. I mean, people used to do this. People still do this with the Bible all the time. I know that we kind of knee jerk of like, oh, I don't want to think about magic in the Bible, like working together. But turns out that's actually more common than you think. And it's got a big, you know, very rich tradi tradition. So some people might take a grimoire or they might take a favorite book, a spiritual book, a magical book, the Bible, something like that, ask their question as they're thumbing through it. And then whatever, you know, whatever passage catches their eye, that's maybe their answer. Or maybe they work with that, you know, the person works with a certain number. And so for them, it's going to be the ninth line on whatever page they flip to. Things like that. But let's go ahead and look at some of the lesser known ways that we can divine. And again, this is coming from the book Trolldom, Spells and Methods of the Norse Folk Magic Tradition. Which looks at divination, you know, for example, um, and please, for any uh, Swedish, native Swedish speakers out there, I will apologize in advance for my pronunciation because I fully know that it's terrible. So, so spotum, which is seeing, seeing into the future, right? So scrying is something that you're often going to see in um, 
in this bottom tradition. So maybe scrying into alcohol or water. So maybe you're looking for those, those images that are reflected back. If you're looking into maybe like, you know, some vodka so, or you're looking into water, uh, you can also use scrying mirrors or any kind of reflective surface. There are, let's see, one of the uh, really common one that I love is the yearly prophecy through uh, something that's either called the yearly walk or the omen walk. And so Arshgong is, I believe, how you pronounce the, the yearly walk tradition. And so that is like going out in a very dedicated way, you know, not not eating, before, not speaking to anyone, going out at a predetermined time. Maybe for you, that's going to be striking out at midnight or right before dawn. And, you know, people will often do this on like a meaningful day. So New Year's, New Year's Day is a meaningful day, maybe midsummer. You know, so the the summer solstice, maybe that's the day that you do your 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 yearly walk. And it's good um for me when the first couple of times that I did this, I would just kind of go out and just look for like, and you observe everything. And those are meant to be omens that will give you some keys and some clues about what might be coming over the coming year. This I did a um I also did a, a Patreon video about the the yearly walk and scrying. So if again, if like the the coven sounds interesting or this sounds interesting, there's a lesson in December that's all about this because I wanted to give some options about like tool free. Uh, forms of divination. So this is, again, a really, really fun and timely question. But, you know, maybe you go out on your yearly walk and you decide, I am going to go out for two hours and every 10 minutes will be dedicated to a month. So January is the first 10 minutes of the walk. February is the next 10 minutes of the walk and so on. So that is a lesser known form of divination. But I will say that let's let's actually pull out some really kind of unusual old timey ones. So there is, oh, these ones are fun. So there's this tradition of doing like divination where you pour either wax or tin or lead, hot melted wax, tin or lead into water that is held over the head of whoever it is that you're divining for. And there, there's some other tips to this. Again, if this is interesting to you, get Johannes's book. It is excellent. And then go take a class with him because you will not regret it. But as this, you know, the substance, this hot sus substance pours into the water, it will take a form. And then you look at that and you can divine like, okay, what does this look like? What is it that I can glean based on how I feel when I look at it, the forms that I see? And, you know, and then that water can be used either to like, you know, wash the person to like cleanse them off, or you can do whatever it is that you feel is appropriate for that. There's also a way of divining with eggs. The use of eggs is something that we see across cultures across the world. But the way that um, divining with egg whites in, in this case is you can use, um, instead of using the molten metal, you can do a similar thing where you, you know, pour the egg white into this water and see the different shapes that it takes. I've also seen this in, um, there's a book that I really love called Spiritual Cleansing and it's by Draja Mikaharik. I think that's where I read this one. Forgive me if you pick up that book and you're like, what was Sterling saying? I don't see this in here. But one of the ways that I've also just learned is, you know, sometimes you can rub that, you know, there's a lot of traditions where you rub an egg across the body, crack it in some water, and then you you look at how the egg lands. I have also been taught to keep it under the bed overnight, and then you read it in the morning. And again, you're looking for like, 
shapes. You're looking for it's it, there's no like tech. Well, there probably are textbook ways of reading it, but for me, it's a very intuitive process. And then you know, oftentimes you you take that and you flush it down the toilet, and the idea, or you dump it out somewhere, or you bury it, and the idea is that you are you know removing whatever was taken from you. You've divined on it, you've gotten the insight from it, and then it's time to like get rid of it, get rid of the junk that you have removed. So let's see. There's also ways that you can, gosh, that's... you're hearing me, you are hearing me flip through the book because I could talk about this all day. Um, there are ways that you, let's talk about some of the ways that you could divine on who your spouse is going to be. One of my favorites is the nine kinds of flowers that you, um, you pick nine kinds of flowers on Midsummer's Eve, and then you sleep with them under your pillow. And this would be for somebody who is unmarried, you know, in the traditional sense, this would be an unmarried maiden who would pick these nine flowers and sleep with them under her pillow. And she would dream of her, of her suitor. Now I have done this just with the goal of having prophetic dreams. And it's been really cool. Go out and pick nine flowers, sleep with them under my pillow on Midsummer's Eve and just document the types of dreams that I have. Um, it's a really, it's a real sweet one. There is a way of, ooh, this is a fun one, sitting at the crossroads on an Easter Saturday night, go to a three-way crossroads and spread out a sheet that has covered a corpse and sit on it quietly. Oh, wait, this one is not for, no, this is for a future spouse. This one's just darker. So sit on it quietly, listening to the night and your future spouse will come wandering and you will hear other things. I'll stop there. So again, there's a lot of like traditional, interesting ways that you can divine who you're, who you may marry in the future, but also you can adapt them for the modern times if you, you know, so wish. But again, pick up a copy of Trolldom, Spells and Methods of the Norse Folk Magic Tradition, if this is interesting to you. And even better, research your own lineage and your own heritage and talk to your older family members. Ask about ways that maybe, you know, in the old days, you know, find, go to your oldest relative and ask them, how did we ever like, did we do anything where we would like, you know, do wish for luck in the new year? You know, there's all the the traditions of having like, you know, eating lentils on New Year's Eve to bring in luck for the coming year. You know, the best way that we can find out some of those traditions is that even, you know, some of our relatives that are maybe, you know, they're, they're church going folks, they would never identify, you know, maybe they even spit, spit on the idea of magic and, and divination and things like that. They call it, you know, might even think that that's the devil's work. But sometimes when you get them talking, there are these traditions that get handed down over the generations. And those are sometimes the ways that you can find out the unconventional forms of divination that exist in your lineage and in your family. So thank you to Luna for submitting that question. Again, if you want to submit a question to me, go down to that uh, ask a question link that's in the show notes. But I do want to close out with, you know, kind of thinking of my mentors and thinking of the things that I've learned over the years. I have a program that's going to be starting on February 8th. This one is called Your Soul's Party. And for those of you who really enjoy visualization-based meditations and who want to be able to get to know yourself better and to really broaden your capacity to just know yourself better, know what you're capable of, know your 
know your psychic senses a little bit better. I think that this is a program that y'all would really like. And it is definitely rooted in a lot of the meditation practices that I've learned, you know, over my years studying trolldom, over my years of studying magic. And I, you know, there's work again, we're starting, we're starting here pretty quick. It's going to be February 8th. Every week for six weeks, we will be working on a visualization based meditation that is meant to help you meet a different aspect of your soul. The idea is that we all have different versions of ourselves. You know, there's our public facing persona. Even the most authentic of us who, you know, no matter where we go, we are pretty much the same. We still have the parts of us that are our most private self, the part of us that is most patient, the part of us that, you know, the way that we show up with our parents versus the way that we show up with our children or our friends or our lover. And those are, there are ways that we can really get to know those aspects of ourselves in a very, through visualization-based meditations to strengthen those aspects of ourselves, support the parts of us that are maybe hurting and maybe need a little bit of support. Um, there's ways that we can start to notice when the, so the souls and the of others are starting to kind of infringe on our sovereignty. We can start to notice when there's maybe part of our soul that has gotten lost and that we need to be able to call back. And there are ways that we can strengthen the very psychic parts of our souls, the part of our intuition that sometimes knows when things are going to happen before our conscious mind is able to catch up. And there are ways that we can strengthen those reserves so they can act a little bit more, they can be a bit more effective doing their work in the background while our conscious mind is busy with the here and now. So these these practices have been so important to me and are so integral with my own magical practice that they've almost been kind of hard to uh, promote, to be honest. And so this is the first time I'm ever going to be teaching them once a week, we will be getting together for a live meditation session. It will be every Thursday from February 8th through March 14th. We'll have um, an after party where we'll get to, we'll, folks can hang out and kind of talk about the crazy stuff that maybe they saw in their visualizations and we can unpack some of that together. Every class will be recorded with the exception of the after party, and those replays will be available until May 1st, but the actual meditations that we do, those will be recorded separately as audio files, and you will have the, you will get to keep those um, forever. They can, so you can continue to work with these meditations for years to come. I am really, really excited about this program. The early registration has come and gone, however, I did create a little, I want everybody who to come to this class and for it to be as accessible as possible. So I created a little discount code just for folks who are listening to this podcast. So if you go into the show notes, there is the registration link. Uh, full price is $265. However, I made you all a 15% off coupon that is AMW-YSP, all caps. So a magical world dash your soul's party. AMW-YSP, and that'll take 15% off of the, the ticket price, which I think brings it down to around the um, the early registration rate. So I'd love to see you in class if that sounds good to you. But in the meantime, I just hope that you're doing well. And I'm real excited to get back to sharing interviews with all of the magical people out there. And I will be seeing you again in about two weeks. Talk to you soon.
Thanks for listening to A Magical World. Let's keep in touch. The best way to keep up with me is by visiting my website, sterlingmoontarot.com. That's where you can book appointments, sign up for my classes, and get on my email list. If you'd like to support the podcast, join the Curiosity Coven at patreon.com backslash sterlingmoon. I'm also pretty active on the socials. You can find me on Instagram, threads, and YouTube at the underscore sterling underscore moon, on Facebook at Sterling Moon Tarot, and on TikTok at Mediumship Mom. Until next time, I wish you well in finding ways to make the world a more magical place to be.